The oil industry is on edge after the Obama administration temporarily halted construction on the 1,200-mile Dakota Access Pipeline. So are some residents who live near the North Dakota camps where thousands of people have gathered to protest the pipeline. Inside Energy's Amy Sisk reports. Here at the North Dakota Petroleum Council's annual meeting, the pipeline has cast a shadow over an industry struggling amid low oil prices. It was very critical to being in place uh, for any kind of recovery and growth in the Bakken uh, production here. That's Jack Stark speaking at the conference. He's president of Continental Resources, one of the largest oil producers in the state. Bakken crude, he says, needs to get to market. He says the pipeline would cut transportation costs and put Bakken crude on a more level playing field. Dakota Access is supposed to carry half the state's daily crude production to Illinois. Andy Black is president of a national association that lobbies for oil pipelines. We haven't had enough pipeline capacity, so that meant that uh, crude oil couldn't get moved to where it can be turned into products for consumers, or it had to go on modes that cost more uh, and were not quite as safe. Modes like rail or truck, when they crash, they can be deadly. Like the 2013 fiery oil train derailment in Quebec that killed 47 people. The boom in shale oil and gas production in North Dakota resulted in a boom in pipeline construction here. 1,400 new miles built over the past five years. More oil is transported by pipeline now than rail. Still, pipelines aren't totally safe. Federal data shows 77 spills or other significant incidents with crude lines just last year. Though, zero fatalities. Like the people protesting Dakota Access, Tom Wheeler was once skeptical. I was definitely against pipelines. I did not want my land tore up with these pipelines. But in the end, you have to have pipelines in order to save the roads. A few years back, large trucks carried oil past his house in the Bakken. Traffic since died down and the potholes disappeared now that oil, gas and wastewater lines cross his property. Now he's okay with projects like Dakota Access. It's going to get crude oil to places that need it and can use it. We can't, if we could use it all in North Dakota, it would matter, but we can't. That's the attitude shared by some North Dakota residents near the protest camps along the Missouri River. Here's Dee Beckler. I have very good friends that are natives, but I disagree with what's going on right now with them. Protesters camped a few miles south of her home worry a potential spill would contaminate the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation's drinking water. The tribe has sued, trying to stop the project from crossing under the river upstream. We all just think it's ridiculous that we've got to be on pins and needles down here not knowing what's going to happen. Meanwhile, Beckler is trying to finish work on an outhouse next to her home. To get supplies, she has to drive through a National Guard checkpoint. North Dakota's Guard arrived earlier this month to relieve law enforcement who are manning the zone. They say they're there to ensure public safety. The protesters here claimed a small victory earlier this month. That's when the federal government announced it would block construction at the Missouri River crossing while reconsidering its permitting decisions. That move did not go over well with the oil industry here. Ron Ness is with the state's Petroleum Council. That was a bad message for the, for the U.S. economy. Andrew Browning sees another challenge. He's with the National Consumer Energy Alliance. He claims the industry's up against well-organized environmental groups aiming to stop the development of all fossil fuels. He says it's time for the industry to get out its side of the story. I think going forward, they need to uh, engage 
um, more broadly uh, with the public on what the, what the vision is, not just this pipeline, but uh, to provide a, a vision uh, to counter the keep it in the ground movement. Pipeline proponents launched a seven-figure ad campaign last week urging the administration to move forward with the project. While the energy industry builds its response, the legal battle continues. A federal judge next week is scheduled to hear the tribe's appeal for an injunction seeking a more long-standing halt to pipeline construction. For Inside Energy, I'm Amy Sisk. For all of our coverage of the pipeline protests in North Dakota, as well as many other stories, visit our website, insideenergy.org.